0: When dark-
1: This is Moment of Clarity with your host, Pastor Rick Dietering, co-hosts Ed Bondarenka, Phil Stargell, and Pastor Rick's wife, Gayleen, and I'm the producer, Derek Stone. Yeah, thanks a lot, Derek.
2: You always do that so well. You must work in radio for a living. You just <laughs> have that voice; it comes across really good. Uh, proud of you, boy. Proud of you. Now, hey, what's happening in curling? Give me some good news in curling.
1: The USA Curling National Championships are taking place this weekend, and the final will take place tonight at five o'clock. Woohoo! And it will pit team of John Schuster and his teammates Chris Plies, John Landsteiner, and Matt Hamilton, and he will face the winner of the Chase Signet or or Rich Ruhonen teams. Oh, fantastic! And is that going to do? We know if that's going to be televised tonight? I'm not sure exactly where if it's going to be televised. I'm sure it will be, but there's no TV network here.
2: Okay, so, if you can find that out, let me know before before I leave here. That'd local be great.
3: Cable access.
2: Yeah, local cable access. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I think you're going to have to find a friend with a video camera, babe.
2: <laughs> it's going to be Facebook live. Yes. I'm telling <laughs> Facebook live. There you go. Hey, if it's going to be televised, Derek will find it for me. Yes. I might have to move out west
0: (laughs) to watch it (laughs) some guy's dad with his cell phone
2: (laughs) oh Oh, you guys give me so much hope hey since we're on sports why don't we go to a moment on sports
1: good afternoon and welcome to this moment on sports my name is derek stone The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team is back on the right track. After losing four games in January, they've now won four out of their last five games, including this past Wednesday night's 79-54 win over the Northwestern Wildcats. Eli Brooks led the way for the Maize and Blue by scoring 18 points. He made six out of 13 shots, four out of eight three-pointers, and he grabbed five rebounds. Isaiah Livers scored 17 points, made 5 out of 11 shots, all 7 of his free throws, and he grabbed 5 rebounds. Austin Davis contributing once again for the Mays and Blue. He's been a nice, pleasant surprise for the Wolverines this year coming off the bench. He scored 9 points, made all 4 of his shots. David DeJulius scored 7 points, made 3 out of 6 shots. He dished out 7 assists and grabbed 6 rebounds. Xavier Simpson the starting point guard the straw who stirs the drink for this Wolverines offense he scored only four points made two out of three shots and he dished out five assists the Wolverines as a team made 47 percent of their shots 35 percent of their three-pointers and 80 percent of their free throws the Wildcats made 32% of their shots, 24% of their three-pointers, and 73% of their free throws. Michigan outscored Northwestern by 20 in the paint, 7 in points off turnovers, 5 in fast break points, 5 in bench points, and 6 at the three-point line. The Wolverines out-rebounded the Wildcats by 13. Michigan dished out 21 assists to 16 for Northwestern. So let's take a look at some of the highlights from this game starting in the first half when Livers faked a screen for DeJulius on the left wing and rolled to the left baseline. DeJulius passed the ball to Livers, who drove to the left block, got double teamed, and passed the ball to Davis in front of the basket. And Davis finished off the play with an easy dunk. Now, I shouldn't say an easy dunk. He did. Happened to have a hand in his face from a Northwestern defender, but that defender was way too late because Davis had his eyes set on putting the ball through the basket with a nice one-handed dunk. And then DeJulius grabbed a defensive rebound and dribbled to half court where he passed the ball to Brooks on the left wing. Brooks took one dribble, spotted up, and nailed a three-pointer. Fantastic job by DeJulius on this play, looking to push the ball. I know Wolverines fans know that Xavier Simpson loves to push the ball to try to get easy points before the opposing defense can set up, but DeJulius was fantastic on this play, finding his wide-open teammate and Brooks, having the confidence to just take one dribble and spot up. Not something you see a whole lot from him, but he certainly made a count on this play. DeJulius passed the ball from the right wing to a wide open Franz Wagner on the left wing, and Wagner buried a three-pointer, and that's something hopefully that will get him going. He really needs to get that three-point shot going. He's been hot and cold from beyond the arc this year for the Wolverines. It looked like when he started off the season with an injury and then came back at that Battle for Atlantis tournament and was pretty good during that three-game tournament, it looked like he was going to be the player, a much better player than his brother who played for the Wolverines not too long ago. That would be Moritz Wagner, but Fogner has been hit or miss for most of this season. Hopefully he's going to start heating up as the Wolverines make a run toward the NCAA tournament. And DeJulius made a step-back three-pointer from the left wing with a defender in his face. Certainly, Wolverines fans, you haven't seen this type of play much really this year either, but this is just part of the growth and maturation of David DeJulius this season. Certainly, he would not have been able to confidently maybe made this shot if John Beeline were still the head coach, but his current head coach, Jawan Howard, has done an excellent job in developing him this year. And in the second half, Brooks drove from the right wing to the right block and passed the ball to John Teske in the paint. And Teske finished the play with a monstrous dunk, doing what he does best in the painted area for the most part. When he's within five feet of the basket, he certainly knows how to put it into the basket and give the Wolverines two points on the board as Michigan cruised to an easy 25-point win over the Northwestern Wildcats. And they take on the Indiana Hoosiers, tomorrow afternoon here at the Chrysler Center in Ann Arbor. That's my moment on sports. Pastor Rick, take it away. Thank you. His eyes were on it.
2: Derek Stone, <laughs> getting excited about the sports. Hey, what's going to happen? What's going to happen uh, We're coming up on March Madness? What, what's your projection? Who's going to take it?
1: It's wide open this year. There's just been so much chaos with the top 25. It's been switching from week to week. It it just doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut number one team out there who I can say is going to win it all and be national champions. But the Wolverines, Michigan Wolverines, they have an excellent chance as anybody. They could get hot, and they certainly have shown that in previous years under their former coach, John Beeline. In February and March, they've gotten hot at the right time and made significant deep runs into the NCAA tournament. So I could definitely see Michigan making some noise. So what I'm hearing you saying is Michigan has
2: the same chance as anyone else,
3: all
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: So you're saying I have a chance.
2: What I'm what I'm learning here is this is not the year I'm going to pick up basketball gambling yeah. because I can't get anyone. Not to, on his tips. Not, not on his tip. Vote for them all. bound <laughs> on them all, and you might have a ch- You may. You may get it. My luck. University of. Washington County yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> will end up sneaking in and winning it, and be the one I wouldn't I wouldn't gamble on. Thanks a lot, Derek. That was great. Um, last week we were starting talking about uh socialism, and I think we scared
3: one of our people off.
2: Phil, he's, he's missing. Busy
3: engaging in capitalism at the moment. I he's think.
2: engaging in capitalism at yes. the moment. How yes. dare he! Doesn't he know my show's a dictatorship? <laughs> And he must be here, Phil. You must be here. I think and he stopped
0: out. to get donuts. Don't well, forget oh, to bring that us would be
3: donuts. A nice and then did your diet pop. Well,
2: no, I had to get my own because I knew he wouldn't be here right now. Got. Hey, joining me today is my wife, Gayleen. How you Hello. doing? Hello. And, and and not my wife, Ed. Hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, Ed is not uh, your wife.
2: Boy, you actually sounded like you pulled those <laughs> those boxer shorts up a little bit too high. <laughs> that <one. laughs> We're talking about socialism and uh, the dangers of it. You know, we had, we had Pastor Max on oh, a number of years ago talking about the same subject, and, and uh, my wife was at home, and she's getting ready to take a drink out of her tea, as uh, Pastor Max referred to as socialism as the herpes of this nation.
0: And the tea comes out my nose. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and, but you know what? He's not that far off. It is a disease. It's a disease that's spreading. It's actually it's a disease that's spreading even within the Democrat Party, and it's making a lot of a lot of Democrats nervous. We heard the sound bite last week. Even Whoopi Goldberg, diehard Democrat, nervous about where the party's going. Uh, you were just telling me Ed, about uh, James Carville didn't like where the party was going. I yeah. didn't hear about that. But go ahead if you know anything, expound on it.
3: Oh well, he was. It was kind of famously on news recently. A uh, number of talk shows were playing video clips of him. He is all upset with the direction the, the Democratic Party candidates have taken. He believes they're just going to lose the election, period. He is he's just saying Trump's going to win. You just can't have a socialist run in America. Well, they should be on economics. They should be on the same stuff he was foisting on us through, uh, uh, foisting, you know, right. uh, fostering with uh, Bill Clinton's campaign. With James Carver,
2: you can use either word, I'm telling yeah, you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is true. But, uh, yeah, the snake man was uh, really hot. About the current state of the Democratic Party, that their focus is just nowhere near where America wants to be.
0: No, and it's really interesting to me because they are trying desperately to win the hearts and minds of the young kids, of, of these new voters, and they're teaching them all of these things that, you know, from the time that they're in grade school, they're teaching them all these things that socialism, you know, they're just giving them this whole leaning towards socialism so that it's easier to convert them when they get to voting age, and it's just, it's a disease that they're spreading, like the Virus that you're afraid of catching from me, mm. um, <laughs> but uh, he's. Uh,
2: She's using the creams, so don't worry about <laughs> it. Hey,
0: <laughs> no. not that kind of virus. There's a, there was a respiratory virus going around, folks. Just you know, cover when you cough, and uh, wash your hands a lot. But anyway, um, they don't it,
3: teach that anymore. I don't yeah. think there's a lot of stuff they don't teach in school anymore. We got that in school. Cover, yeah, even Dayroll makes fun of it on on his uh, commercials, you know. Yep. You know, cover your mouth when you cough. And right, not with your hands. your hands. Use your elbow. Use, yeah. your elbow.
0: use your elbow. Use your sleeve. Don't don't use your hands. And wash your hands after you go out of the bathroom. I'm sorry. I go into women's restrooms, and when I dry my hands on the paper towel, I use it to open the doorknob because, yuck. You know, I have a friend of mine, a very
3: dear yeah, friend I of mine. don't touch doorknobs in bathrooms. I take the paper towel. <sighs> towel and yuck, and yep. the take the paper way. towel. I'm a very them. dear dear friend of mine
2: who rides with me in my car all the time, and he. He, he's always coughing, and, and he'll turn his head away from me and cough right onto my window. And mm-hmm. He says, well, I know I should use my elbow to cover it, but I'd always be walking around like Dracula with my elbow up around my face if I was doing that. And I said, please do that. You yes, know?
0: Just do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. but
0: uh, Anyway, you know, back to the socialism inoculation, which is <laughs> what I was trying to get to, is how do we inoculate our children from ideas how do we teach them to think for themselves so that they can combat ideas that titillate that sound hey free stuff hey somebody else is going to do this hey i can i can go what is it fishing in the morning and hunting in the afternoon (laughs) that's a marxist quote actually yeah it is it's a marxist quote i mean how can i and do all these things without having to specialize in any of them well how are you ever going to be good at anything if you don't specialize and if you don't train but anyway meanwhile you know you it all sounds great and beautiful and utopian but it's not because it's not realistic somebody's got to change the oil somebody's got to rotate your tires somebody's got to scrape the dead animals off the side of the road
2: yeah here's the quote she was referring to marx marx said um and and this is Karl marx not groucho Groucho. okay (laughs) um He stated, in communist society, where no one has one exclusive sphere of activity, but each man become accomplished in any branch he wishes, society regulates the general production and thus makes it possible for me to do one thing today and another tomorrow, to hunt in the morning, fish in the afternoon, rear cattle in the evening, criticize after dinner, just as... I have a mind. <laughs> I love that line. Just as if I had a mind.
3: Oh, just as if, yeah.
2: um, And then he goes on and... Uh, with
3: what? The guns they want to take away? Uh, right. Talk in says, the evening, what? We, as long as they're listening uh, in yeah. on the conversation? Let Sydney me finish the quote
2: Just as I have a mind, without ever becoming a hunter, fisherman, shepherd, or critic. Now, um, Sidney Hook, a philosopher, uh, comments on this statement made by made by Marx. He says, all we need to do to show its bizarre character is to recast Marx's schedule of activities in terms of modern vocations and avocations, to per, uh, to perform brain surgery in the morning, engage in nuclear research in the afternoon, do some gentle gene splicing in the evening, and conduct a symphony after dinner. Just as if I have a mind to Uh, to without ever, uh, just as I, I, yeah, excuse me, just trying to see where I'm at here, here. I'm doing this without my glasses. As I have a mind to without ever becoming a brain surgeon, a nuclear physicist or a geneticist, or a conductor. In oh, other so words, that's what under Marxist, for. says you can be, if you want to wake up this morning and be a brain surgeon, you can be a brain surgeon this morning and then go out later and become a, a physicist and then go out later and become a geneticist and later become a conductor without ever having the mind for it. Yeah. Right. But under the perfect communist society, you should be able to do that because you would have training in all things and understanding of all things. In other words, you would have knowledge of all things and therefore becoming your own god
3: right. see and i never thought of him saying those as avocations the hunter fisher you know i had the impression Adamant. he was saying yeah. oh under socialism i don't have to work i can go out hunting i can go out fishing and i go talking in the evening you know with my no, friends uh, that's not actually when you read the whole quote income. no he's
2: talking He's talking about vocations. Yeah. he can have any vocation he wants from the time he wakes up he can have four different ones throughout the day
3: and not be good at either, at any one, any of, one of them. any
2: one of them, because yeah. you don't need a mind for it.
0: Well, that's <laughs> not, not what he's what he saying. He's saying, that. Right. he's saying, he's saying, whatever I have a mind to do. Thank
3: you. Right. Right. Exactly. you keep Come him on. I know it. But you do you this know. all day at home, don't you? Keep Oh him my goodness,
2: yeah. yes,
0: I've got to keep him in line.
3: All right, so
2: since we are talking about
3: uh,
2: talking about socialists, let's see how this fits into it. Joe wants to talk about President Trump. Go ahead, Joe. Change the subject on us. He's
3: been doing it for years. Well, first
4: let me delve on the female restroom subject. I agree. I too use a towel to exit the women's restroom after <laughs> in the uh,
0: hidden video cameras. No, okay, lovely.
2: We got that on tape. You're under arrest, brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, seriously. but you're just trying Thank to you hide for your fingerprints. Me to
4: have a moment of Joe on your moment of clarity and moment of sports show.
2: I don't know moment of Joe scares the heck out of me. In whole
4: seriousness, Trump, yes. Yes. They are concerned because they know Trump is going to win. They are concerned about the down ticket and how many weird, way out there AOCs may be running and they could lose control of the House. That's what their concern is at this point. And we have to be worried that the Trump effect is not identical to the 80s Reagan effect, which I know you know. People loved Reagan. All kinds of people crossed over and voted for Reagan, but they refused to vote Republican down ticket and send him help to get his agenda passed. And we're seeing the same, unfortunately, maybe seeing the same thing with Trump. They'll vote Trump, but they'll still send idiot Democrats whose only motto is resist, resist, resist. What good are you doing yourself if you
0: do that? They just let us stagnate. and then mm-hmm. as long as as long as we're not moving in a direction they don't like, then that must be progress.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Some, I think sometimes people like making sure there's checks and balances uh, within between the between the two branches. Uh, and so they they literally know that they're giving the president no power, but they understand that if something good comes along, I'm not advocating that. I think if you elect president, you should give him the Congress. Support. support that he needs Absolutely, to get things done. I
1: agree. And we
4: have to hope and pray this isn't but, Reagan all but, over.
2: But let me ask we you. We need
4: Trump to have coattails if John James is going to have any chance of beating Gary Peters. But let me it's ask the you. the only chance. Trump wins the state and carries James over the line with
2: him. Joe, now let me give you a scenario, though. And, and I hear your cry of support, but now I'm going to kind of reverse this around. Let's say Bernie Sanders is, is elected as president. Man, that leaves a taste in the mouth. Um, Let's say Bernie Sanders is elected as president. Would you rather have uh, a strong Democrat, Socialist Congress behind him, or would you rather have a Republican House and Senate?
4: while you're talking the clinton years where we were lucky enough to have the republican revolution and take the house for the first time in 50 years but what i'm saying is
2: and- I, what i'm saying is if we elect a president should people in that case should we vote for the counterbalance
3: i had the impression that i had heard this said uh, that the people typically pick a congress opposite of the party of the president i know people that do i well, know people this that is do. a national uh, phenomenon Yep. That in order to restrain the president,
2: or to restrain Congress, yes, on the same boat, yeah
3: but yeah i would i would like to
2: see you know see some positive things done i'd hate to see this country go further to further to a socialism corner we, we're we already a socialist country folks whether you want to believe it or not we are to what level are we going to allow it to keep going if we allow it to keep going socialism is only has one purpose in mind and that is for for the end move to the philosophy of communism that is the only place where socialism can take you that's it
0: what i don't understand is why if you want to be a communist don't you just go to a communist country. Well, here, here's don't the thing. destroy mine.
2: You said something very good. Yeah, and don't thanks a lot for calling, destroy Joe. the
4: last capitalist. Real, true. Although, like Rick says, we have moved into socialism already. But the most free market there is, they want to destroy us rather than go to where their philosophy fits in and I'll, with that I'll say goodbye thank all right, you thanks. all for yeah. having me on again love you all, take care, God right.
2: bless you said something very, why not move to a communist country here's the thing, there is no such thing as a communist country there well, never has been but a such thing
0: there's lots of socialist it's countries it's never been done right Well, it,
2: it can't yeah. be, and here, herein lies the problem, you're right it's never been done right, even Russia USSR was not the, was not the communist state, right? no, they, they they Soviet communist state. Socialist. It was it was socialist, and the idea is is you have to ha- create the socialist man to push out the the middle class. Literally, matter of fact, Marx talked about that, mm-hmm. and, and here I am reading. He he actually talked about what you had to do with the, the the property owner, the middle class property owner, and then talking about that, he says this person talking about the middle class property owner, this person must indeed be swept out of the way. And, and made impossible. In other words, the middle-class property owner needed to be totally gone. Lenin and Stalin took that very literally. And they went in and they killed mm-hmm. the property owners. Because mm-hmm. you cannot have a, a true, what they call the new socialist man, as long as you have property owners in a middle class. You can't have that. Right. And so you get those scenes from you, Dr. Shivago. You get those yep. scenes. Which perfect example of that Mm -hmm. but it's not just it's not just russia that did that china did that china Cambodia, yeah oh terrible what they They killed
0: millions of people
2: venezuela the fact is is that you can't just stop at a little bit of socialism you have to keep that ball rolling and once you get it rolling it goes in and it wipes out it has to Wipe out, not just eliminate, but make extinct the middle-class property owner. And that can only happen through death, and that can only happen through dictatorship. That's it. And one of the main concepts of communism that you've got to grab a hold of if you're going to be a socialist is certain of the Marxist scientific laws, the first one being that there is no God, because as long as there's a God, that means that there is a human nature given to us by God, yeah. and that, therefore that nature, if we have a nature given by God, that can't be changed. Marxism requires that nature to be changed well, in mankind. Well, it's the whole
0: nurture over nature thing. They're, they're trying to say, we can nurture a mindset into society. We can engineer a society by controlling its thought. Hmm,
3: thought police. Isn't, isn't that what that Bernie Bro said, though, that we would have to do? We, he Everybody's saying gulags, but he was referring to the denazification camps that we had Germans in after World War II. In other words, we have to have re-education camps to, you know, get us out of our. But that's capitalist what China does all the time. I realize that. Yeah, because no, that's exactly, the Bernie Bros want to do it in this country, and they're willing to say it on on camera when right. they don't know they're being. Taped. And that's
2: exactly yeah. correct. And, and the reason being is, if you do not accept the utopia of the of the new socialist man, no property owners, and eventually in communism, they say you can get away from the dictator and you can get away from the government. But first, you got to get rid of all the property owners and reset the mindset of what is human nature we'll continue this conversation after these commercials
0: When darkness seems to end
2: I've been sitting here worrying about Phil here, and then I, it hit me. I have a feeling. Ed, did you hit him over the head and throw him in the closet or no, what? No,
3: no. I do always that do that really? no, no, to Gary. I, I never did, would do that to you guys. Just Gary Wellens. So. Yeah. You know, yeah but, hey, Phil, call in. Just let us know you're okay.
0: That's, we care, We care, We care.
2: You know? Um, hey, so I was talking before the break that one of the things that's required um, in Marxism... Now, Marx had... Karl Marx, again, I have to say, this is not one of the Marx Brothers. Karl Marx had this, his list of scientific laws. These were his laws. They, they, they were not actually They had nothing sci- to do with science. science <laughs> nothing at all to do with science. First of all, for, for communism to work, you had to adopt certain beliefs for it to work. And the, first, the very first one on the list was there is no God. That's the first one that you had to grab a hold of, and, 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 and the concept the god. concept is an essential element of there not being a god to Marxism. Right. Lenin stated, "Atheism is a natural and inseparable portion of Marxism, of the theory and the practice of scientific socialism." Uh, if God God exists, if God exists and is in supreme command of the universe. He possesses discretionary power, and his actions cannot always be calculated according, accordingly in advance. The whole edifice of Marxism collapses if there's a god. Right. You, you cannot have it. Marx himself... Uh, let me just, just read this quote from uh, Fred, Dr. Fred Schwartz. Uh, he says, When Marx and the communists deny the existence of God, they simultaneously deny the authority of the Ten Commandments, the existence of absolute standards, of right and wrong, of good and evil, and man is left on the playing fields of the universe without a reference, without a book of rules. The winning side of in any conflict can decide on what rules and conduct apply. In other words, people can sit and decide what is right and wrong, what is moral, what is not moral, and there is no God involved with it. The The flip side of that is because we cannot sit here and answer to a God. If we answer to a God, we no longer answer to socialism.
0: Well, you know, I, I want to read this a little bit about Cambodia. The population of Cambodia was about 7 million. It is estimated that between 2 or 3 million between 2 and 3 million people died in Cambodia when they were forced into Marxism the remainder were forced to engage in the physical labor necessary to grow rice they yanked people out of hospitals during procedures and ran them out of the cities because they decided that the cities were the source of evil and so they basically at gunpoint forced people to leave the cities including in the hospitals where hundreds of men women and children in their pajamas limped, humbled, and struggled out of the hospital into the streets where the midday sun was over 100 degrees. Relatives and friends pushed beds of patients of wounded, crippled, or enfeebled, some holding aloft perfusion bottles dripping plasma or serum. One man carried his son whose legs had just been amputated. The bandages on both stumps were red with blood, and the son, who appeared to be about 22, was screaming, you can't leave me like this, kill me, Please kill me. Now, the number of dead did not trouble the communist leaders. The uh, uh, Ang Sari, their foreign minister, said, "As long as we have one million left, that will be enough to make the new man." They What a religion. Must kill uh, uh, I, yeah marxism is its own religion. marxism
2: is a re- they, they replace god with this with this artificial utopia and that if you don't accept their utopia you must accept their version of hell on earth and they create hell on earth uh, satanic or emerging. die you yep. should
0: just die because if you mm-hmm. don't agree with us you're just in the way hey, you're obstructionist
2: we got uh, some callers that have been waiting so let's get to them <coughs> uh, hey phil Stargill, you're alive
0: He's alive! He's alive! Ah,
5: uh, good afternoon. I am uh, sorry, I missed being there, but you are sorry. i call but a long-time listener, <laughs>
2: <laughs> an occasional participant. Put your butt in the studio. Hey, how you
5: doing? And I'm, I promise I won't change the subject. Okay. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. Uh, I wanted to say real quick that about how it into, you know, just out of hand. If you go to a communist country, that's how come they they fall apart because you are going to hurt some incredibly loyal people to your cause. Yeah. And uh, so you got to deal with them and you have to you have to uh, keep them Satisfied one way or another. Ooh. If if that doesn't work, then you know you have to put them in the gulag. You,
2: you got you got to throw them in prison, or you got to kill them. Yeah, communism so, kills. The concept of trying to approach communism kills.
0: It
5: kills millions. Yes, it does.
0: Well, and know. that's
5: how come uh, anybody that has uh, has any put in any, any work into the to the subject and, and you know just Appeased by the surface look, where they offer free health care, free, you know, everything, and then and then when uh, when the crops don't come in, <laughs> all of that freestyle goes away, and they start putting people out in the fields to, to clear the fields for nothing.
0: Yeah. Well, and not only that, you're only given, in a socialist society, you're only given a stipend based on what you produce. So what happens if you yep. get sick and you're not producing? Now you're yeah. stipend. You're death panels. Living, yeah, exactly, death panels. Your ability to become healthy, to become productive again, is reduced because you don't have enough food. You don't have enough right. services.
5: Yep. Until so, you, you die. Know, uh, uh, I have heard people say that if they put the communists in control of this country, that the people won't have any right to do any complaining. Well, I say that you probably won't have any way to do any complaining that is of any significance because you're not going to be able to to mount any kind of attack
3: on whoever takes over.
2: Hey, Phil, I just figured it out. You figured yeah. out if you call in, you get to say more.
3: I was just thinking I was going to say the same thing. It's more words than he ever says in the studio. Well,
2: well, you know, see, it, see
3: that's about being the first time caller. You know.
0: <laughs> hey, you oh. know, Phil, I think I think right now that you're being like that man of tomorrow who gets to hunt in the morning and fish in the afternoon and recare, rear yeah. cattle in the evening. Is that what you're doing? Are you turning into a socialist out there?
5: Yeah. Well, you know, this is. Uh, this is a situation that that is, you know, it's, it's, it's much easier to
0: look in from the outside.
2: Hey, <laughs> Phil, I got to go uh, because I got right. other callers and I got other things I want to say.
0: But we love <laughs> you, man. We're glad to hear you. You know, the All Bible... All right.
2: We will
0: see you.
2: Yep. The, the Marxism says there is no God. Let, I want to give a view, and then we're going to bring Ken on here in a bit. Uh, he wants to talk about what the Bible has to say, but I want to make this point. There was a time where the Lord's feet is being anointed by oil uh, anointed in oil by a, a young lady. And one of the That was no lady. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the uh, we can we can debate who that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. But uh um as as Mary is anointing his feet um one of, the, one of the apostles spoke up and got mad and says, Why is she doing this? We should, that's an expensive alabaster bottle. That's expensive oil. We should sell that and give the money to the poor. What was Jesus' response?
3: The there poor are always,
2: will you will always have all with you good. always. Yep, we'll always have the poor, right? There's we
3: always a conversation be poor. in my house last Sunday night. And my son quoted to my other son and, exactly that.
2: But I want to sit there and also point out is that the gospel writer then called that same apostle who made that accusation and called that particular apostle a thief. Mm-hmm. And the one who said that, the one that was called a thief, the one who said, Let's take this from her and sell it and give the money to the poor. Which we all know it would not have made it to the poor because he was a thief, he was like the man every the socialist bag. is.
3: Yep, that, that was Judas, yep. the one who betrayed. Christ. And he kept the bag. He was the bag man. He yep. kept the money. Yep, he was the one. He was the
0: one animal that was more equal than the other animals. Yep. Well, you know that's just the way it is, though. If you've got the money, you've got the power, you've got the control, and you don't want to give it up. Hey, Ken,
2: how you doing?
4: Oh, doing pretty good, enjoying the topic again uh, of socialism, since, as I've mentioned before, I used to be one. And uh, I just want to bring up two points of history that's uh, worth uh, looking at. Now, perfect example of a nation uh, 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 that has completely embraced socialism, Uh, the end result of socialism is what we saw when the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, everything that was occurring in uh, the Soviet Union at the time that they fell is the end result of any nation foolish enough to follow socialism. And the thing that's worth looking at, Now, the first thing that the Russian government did, the new government that took over after the Soviet Union collapsed, the first thing they did is they invited back into Russia all those churches that had been established before the Russian Revolution was invited back in because the Russian government realized a very important fact. You cannot have a nation... Uh, survive, you cannot have a nation stand that's based on atheism. A nation of atheists will not survive, cannot stand. And so all these different churches, um, my church body, we're still in Russia right now. we got pastors, uh, missionaries, congregations throughout the whole country. And so do other Christian churches, because they know... Uh, we need to bring morality, right and wrong, into our nation to survive. Yep. And uh, yet, here we are in America, we want to throw uh, what's right, what's wrong, what the Bible teaches out. We uh, are we are one just... thing to pay attention to. We're seeing we're we're talking about the election coming up does the Republican Party want to stand next to the Christian flag or the rainbow flag of the LGBT community? Because they're predicting millions of Christians are sitting out the election because the Republican Party wants to turn its back on Jesus. And it's just one of those things that do we want socialism, which means throw the Bible out of society, or do we want a nation of freedom and morals? It's an important decision for people to make.
2: Well, thanks a lot. Okay, I appreciate your call. Um, yeah, Russia recognized, and they did. They invited the Orthodox Church, the the Lutheran Church, the Catholic Church, even a lot of Protestant churches, and, and even Baptist churches and everything else. They, they actually opened up a, a, a free religious society in Russia. Unfortunately, the government they went to afterwards is still an oligarchy. It's run by criminals, and you see, this is something that people don't understand. You can have a free market without turning it over to to literally the mafia rule. You know, the criminal crime boss rule. We, um, but we can't turn our back on some basic ideas, and that is that there are human nature, and our human nature, and our views of right and wrong comes from somewhere. What I find really amusing is there was a time where Khrushchev was accused of being a Bible-thumping clown by the Chinese government, and uh, that upset him. And during a a press interview, um, a French journalist asked Khrushchev, and he says, is it true that you're a Bible-thumping clown? Now, Khrushchev didn't have a problem with being called a clown at all. He, He thought it was kind of neat that they saw he had a sense of humor which he didn't um <laughs> but uh, but they uh, is it true They says, are you a bible thumper and, and khrushchev got red in the face as only he could do he started pounding his podium and he says i'm an atheist i'm an atheist god knows i'm an atheist <laughs> uh, <laughs> perfect. yeah perfect it's, and of course the chinese accuse him because he quoted from, uh
3: proverbs one time and um Actually, a friend, of, well, he's deceased now, a guy I know, a missionary to Russia, uh, Richard Mikulski. He had a book called uh, Communism Comedy, and he told that story in there and a number yeah. of other other stories. Well, that, that particular story happens to be true. Yeah. It's, um, they, they, and I think all
2: mankind has it within their heart to want to believe in God, even Khrushchev did. And uh, there's, in this book, and the, the book I'm reading from and I've been quoting from is Why Communism Kills, The Legacy of Karl Marx by Dr. Fred C. Schwartz. It's available
3: it's an, in Google Books. A, I did a scan of it.
2: Okay, it's available in Google Books. It used to be, it's just a little pamphlet, pamphlet. Yeah. Um, about 15 pages long. And, and it, one of the, part of the conclusion says, Communism is the literal fulfillment of Psalm 14. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The consequences are stated clearly. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. They want to deny God in in everything, and as Karl Marx himself said, for communism to, to be able to move forward, you first have to adopt the concept you've got to deny God. You have to have a godless society. You then have to get anybody that's in the way and you have to eliminate that, the property owner, those who have. You've got to eliminate those who own property. The middle class property right. owner is who you've got to eliminate from the system. This is going to require the then f- to be able to reach this this utopia to kill a lot of people so you can then form the minds of new people that there is no such thing as right and wrong. There is only shades of gray that... You must be tolerant of every, everybody's idea, and what I mean tolerant, they mean that you must accept their view, not just allow
3: them to have their view.
0: Right. Proverbs
3: 114, cast in your lot among us, let us all have one purse. And it goes on to admonish him, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Right. And there's more that, I mean, that's, that, that's just Proverbs a picture of 14 oh, one
2: fourteen. The one I gave was Proverb fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um one fourteen. Hey, the ones who said, Let's put all that into one purse,
3: right? Yeah. Communism. And the way In the- of their feet is blood. Yep.
0: Well, it's the same thing that's going on now. Let's yeah. take all your money so that we can do this and that and other good works with your taxes because you aren't giving things away properly. There was a
2: time you know? in this country where Republican and Democrat together stood strong against communism. They stood strong against socialism.
0: You know, it was really interesting because as we as I quoted last week, India started out socialist and had horrible poverty. Horrible poverty, and when they started to change to, I think it was uh, the the theories of John Smith. Was it? He's mm-hmm. the, the Scottish um, Adam Smith uh, uh, anyway, economist. Economist. Thank you. That's the word. Anyway, he uh, Adam Smith. Adam Smith. Okay. They they ended up bringing in one of the largest middle classes ever, and raising their level of well being, and eliminating a lot of their poverty through capitalism. Hmm.
3: So, well, I'm reminded of the story of the college professor who was talking to his class. And he says, well, we're going to study We're going to study socialism here. We're going to study communism. And you've probably heard the story before. So we're going to share the grades. And so we're going to take the average of all the grades. And so the people who are doing mediocre says, okay. The people at the bottom says, that's okay. People who are doing A's, says, I don't know. And after a while, the people doing A's start backing off. Right. because they're doing work that the others are riding the coattails on mm-hmm. and the average goes down and goes down at the end of the semester he fails them all because the work wasn't being done because nobody had the incentive to do any work
0: Well, you know, I was talking to my neighbors and uh, asked their little girl, what do you want to be when you grow up? She says, oh, I'm going to grow up to be a lawyer so that I can make money, so that I can then turn around and, you know, and, and I can defend those poor people and I can help them and everything else. Well, you know what? That's a really great idea, I say. So... Why don't you, you know, I've got a bunch of yard work to do. You come over and you clean my chicken (laughs) coop, and you pick up all the dog poop in the backyard, and I'll pay you $50, and you can take it down to the guy that's on the corner begging and give him the 50 bucks so that he can improve his life. And she scratches her head and says, why don't you just hire him to do it? Hey, welcome to the Republican Party, (laughs) darling. (laughs) yeah.
2: Yep. With that being said, I'm going to go back here to the 50s and 60s. There was a time neither the Republicans nor the Democrats wanted to attach themselves to socialism or communism. Both parties fought it. When we joined the service, communism was the evil that we were fighting mm-hmm. when, when right. you and I joined the service, right? Matter of fact, it seems to me that when I took my oath, they actually threw the word communism into the oath. <laughs> um, it may have been something he just threw in a but
3: while back for me. So you it's, know. Uh, yeah. it's
2: uh uh Ooh. that was recognized as as really the the
3: it the 18th evil. of February, I went in. Yeah, it's yeah. almost been that many years since yeah. 1960. But I, I
2: believe one of the one of the enemies against this land was communism. We we had we had the the House of American activities that were fighting communism coming into our country. It was seen as the evil that it is. Mm-hmm. And what people don't understand is, as I said before, there is no such thing. You cannot achieve communism. All you can do is create the new socialist man and move into a socialist program, and socialism in itself. Is all the best you're going to get, and it is evil, and it forces the elimination of the, the middle class. All right, I got just you know, a few during
3: minutes. That time period you're talking about, that's when Bernie Sanders took his honeymoon in Moscow. In Moscow.
2: And he also tried to go into a, into a Jewish kibbutz and couldn't make it there. Yeah. He couldn't handle socialism on a small scale, and yeah. now he wants, because he couldn't be a worker bee, but he thinks he can be the could top. could be the bee.
3: boss, yeah, he could,
2: yeah. yeah. Hey, Walter, welcome along. You got about two minutes.
6: Oh, oh, man, that's a generous portion of time, there, man. That's two minutes, I can, I can lump it You're right. you
3: burning there.
6: time. Let me <laughs> take you guys down a little, a memory lane trip here. Who was a Republican president with, that referred to as a fiscal socialist?
2: Well, I know you want Five to. Bible Quid? Bible quiz. No I'm kidding. Go ahead. I didn't hear the question. No, what what Republican did we consider a fiscal? I'm,
6: a, I'm, a, I'm Okay, I'm going to with George
4: Bush.
6: A, I gave you a hit. Who said, did I hear the answer?
2: George yeah. Bush. George W.
6: Get out of the bushes. You know, Jesse Jackson said that. Get out of <laughs> the bushes. But, but he proved himself to be a hypocrite when he started attacking Donald Trump. And uh, and uh, the Ted Cruz said, but he never criticized Obama. Look, remember, and I profited from it. Where did the money come from? And how did it get paid for? you remember the Bush stimulus checks? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be considered a soft um, socialism, soft Uh, form of
2: it? Here's why I say it isn't, because that was was taxes that were reduced and then returned back, and that was just money people paid in on. And I think we were being overtaxed anyway, so if we got some of that tax money back, I'm all for it. What I do have a disagreement for is people who didn't pay any taxes in,
3: shouldn't and be and, it.
2: and this is where i will That's agree with earned you. earned
3: income credit right that
2: that earned income credit or some of that stimulus money people didn't pay in if people didn't pay in i don't think they should have gotten that stimulus check mm-hmm. back no. and in that sense you're it's right walter a that rebound. was a, a form a form of uh socialism but for those who actually paid in too much Right. I I think that they should have gotten everything they got paid into first, and then if you want. Oh wanted-
6: yeah, oh yeah, they they are ripping us off big time. I owe so much money in federal taxes this this time around. Uh, it was kind of shocking and, uh, to learn how much I get paid. But check this out. Oh, I'm, and I throw something in real quick. It's not on that topic, but I want I noticed that nobody mentioned anything about. And I don't think he should have did it. William Barr criticizing Donald Trump before that crooked Pierre. That, that news Pierre
3: Delecto? Guy.
6: He's on. He normally on world news, far going before the enemies of, of of us, God and Trump, and criticizing his boss. I want to hear what you guys uh, think about that. But uh, okay, I'm gonna let you go.
3: Dude, we don't know do, who did Rush Limbaugh, Oops. William
6: Barr criticizing Trump about his tweets to a crooked Pierre.
2: Oh, that 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 was that wasn't Rush Limbaugh criticizing the tweets. That was Barr.
6: William
2: Barr, that's what I yeah, Barr. Oh, I'm sorry, that you
3: said something totally different.
2: Uh, here's the thing. Barr, Barr has his department to run, and if he feels that the tweets are hindering his job, he can say that. Does that mean that the president doesn't have a right to tweet? No, it doesn't mean that at all, because Barr also backed it up by stating that he never told him, the president never told him what to do, or for who, and how to do it. So on that point, the president had free speech. He could sit there and say it made jobs tough for him, but uh, that's life. On that note, thanks a lot for calling, Walter. Folks, I love you all, each and every one of you. And, uh, hey, keep listening and keep on tweeting. Talk to you later.
3: You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your hosts, Pastor Richard Dietering and Phil Starchel. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio.